When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. What is up, everybody? Welcome to another week of Drive for Show, DFS for Doe here on Roto Grinders. I am Justin Van Zuden, STL Cardinals 84. We're back for another week of golf talk. Coming off the PGA Championship last week at Oak Hill, obviously a lot of storylines and talking points from last week's tournament. We'll recap those quickly and then get into this coming week's Charles Schwab Challenge at Colonial. Uh, to help me do that, I've got my usual co-host, Derek Farnsworth, a.k.a. Notorious, alongside, uh, who was just red hot with the golf picks. I was uh, on the ledge of DJ over Kepka last week and let the uh, bumped-up price point on Kepka scare me away. Uh, fool me, you know, about five times on uh, making that mistake of Brooks Kepka in majors. Another hit for Noto with that call last week, so... I believe that's three in a row. And uh, Noto, you're, uh, boy, you're going to make your uh, your predictions tough to top here pretty soon. Yeah, uh, it's hard to hit one outright. So uh, to get three in a row is pretty good. Uh, we'll see if we can keep it going. But, uh, yeah, that's pretty lucky to get three of them. And, hey, DJ was in the mix there for, what? Yeah, my pick was looking pretty something? smart for about a day and a half. But yeah. then Brooks figured out uh, that he should be major championship Brooks again. And DJ kind of faded a little bit there on the weekend, but, uh, uh, the, uh, the old, everyone who thought that the live guys were going to have no chance in the majors. And obviously I know it's just a handful of guys, but, uh, we saw Bryson play well for a while, which nobody expected at the masters. It was Phil. Um, so, you know, maybe it's a, maybe it's a big L for the anti live folks. Uh, but, I mean, Brooks is making some interesting comments about the PJ Tour and like sounds like he's trying to reconcile things a little bit. Uh, I don't know if he's trying to like repair that bridge at some point. It'll be interesting to see kind of what the next chapter in this is, uh, you know, after Liv has been around for a while. I mean, obviously they're getting no ratings and doesn't seem like anybody really likes Greg Norman. And I don't know. It'd be interesting to see what the next chapter unfolds with the Liv. Uh, obviously we won't, uh, you know, we won't be talking about them again here for a while, but, um, you know, what do you make of this? Uh, what do you think that, you know, if you had to guess in long-term, is there some partnership in place? Does the live tour kind of disappear? Does it just kind of fade into the background? I, I forget who it was. It was an interesting story. I read that, you know, we have context right now because these guys used to be on the PGA tour, but 10 or 15 years from now, we won't have that context because guys will just kind of have been and live all along and, you know, they'll pick one or the other. Uh, so it'll just basically be its own thing. But I, I don't know. Do you think there's another layer to this live versus PGA tour thing? 
Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, you kind of get the feeling that uh, as soon as the contracts are up for the guys that signed with Liv right away, uh, they're going to have interest in coming back to the PGA Tour. Now, whether or not they're going to be able to is another question. Um, it does kind of seem like Brooks is, you know, saving face a little bit. Um, and I, we've heard rumblings that uh, behind the scenes he's kind of been doing the same, uh, potentially paving a way back to the PGA Tour. And uh, so, yeah, it's interesting for sure. Um, who knows how long Liv's going to be around. Um, but, I I mean, it does make their product a little bit more interesting. You know, I probably won't watch this weekend, but I'll at least check the leaderboard here and there uh, to see how Bryson's playing and Brooks is playing. Uh, Patrick Reed, you know, showed up at both of the majors. Um, and now it sounds like Brooks is going to make the Ryder Cup team. I think he's second in the points list just from the two majors that he's played. Um, so he won't even have to be a captain's pick, um, which would even – I don't know. Eventually – the live is going to have to get some official world golf ranking points. And then, uh, then they might be able to coexist a little bit better, but, uh, yeah, I mean, I'm convinced that, uh, that the PGA tour is scripted or that we're living in a simulation. Um, and maybe it's not a either or maybe it's both. Uh, it's just, I mean, Brooks Kepka just a year ago, you know, he was a guy that, you know, couldn't even swing a club, um, you know, on, on the full swing, just looked uh, completely miserable. And now he's winning. Then you have Michael block, uh, PGA professional, Hitting hole in ones, making unreal up and downs um, to finish in the top 15. I mean, you can't make this stuff up. Uh, yeah, I, I don't know. It, it's awesome. And uh, at the same time, it's it's too unbelievable. So where do you stand on that performance by Michael Block? Uh, coolest thing ever, uh, a little over the top. I mean, I've seen, seen some crazy takes on social media today. You know, he's obviously he's already gotten a couple of sponsor invites. Uh, to some upcoming events and you know obviously it was a cool story uh the reaction to the hole in one was a little bit strange like how many times you got to ask if it went in uh but i know you're kind of living in the moment and it was probably very surreal for him at the point at the at that point in time but i don't know i mean i saw uh, somebody with a take that it was like the greatest golf shot ever and i'm like that eh, it's probably a little over the top for me but uh I mean, good for him. I don't want to disparage what he did because it's completely incredible. But, uh, yeah, what do you think about Mr. Block? I mean, the coverage, you could say, might have been uh, overblown a little bit. And his reactions, he did seem very surprised by pretty much everything um, from being paired to Rose, from being paired to Rory, to getting the sponsor invite and all that stuff. But uh, man, if you're not happy for this guy, you're just not a happy person. I mean, how could you not at least root for him? Um, whether or not you think he should be, you know, the main story of the coverage sure. is another another thing. But uh, I thought it was great. Um, the hole in one was just uh, was incredible. Um, I don't know. <laughs> I don't know how he's. I mean, if he shows up and finishes dead last this week and then dead last at the RBC Canadian Open, I want to remember Michael Block for the good memories of the PGA Championship and not, you know, him missing a couple cuts. But uh, we'll see how he does. Maybe maybe it'll continue. Well, we'll talk about him, I guess, in a little while. But, uh, you know, other takeaways from last week. Obviously, there were some landmines. Uh, Wyndham Clark, who I did successfully fade, uh, but it uh, didn't matter because I, I didn't play Brooks. But uh, Wyndham Clark was a landmine for a lot of people last week. Um, he was kind of the, the popular guy. Obviously, Finau made the cut, didn't play very well. Um, in terms of your DFS exposure, anybody that uh, that really hurt you last week? Well, I wasn't expecting Ricky Fowler to be the most popular play on the entire week. Yeah. Um, that was that was interesting. And then he bogeyed his final hole to miss the cut on the number. Um, and I had him in my main lineup. So that one hurt. Um, otherwise, you know, I was uh, 
had some good lineups. Um, one of them had was like 100xing at one point uh, late Saturday until you know Corey Connors hit that bunker shot. And man, no, nobody's talking about Connors and Victor Hovland doing the same exact thing in the same bunker. Just incredible back to back days. I think it went into Corey Connors' pitch mark from the first day, is what they were saying. Um, just incredible. Uh, the same shot, the same exact spot in the bunker. They both embed in the same spot on the lip. And then I think they both made double. So pretty crazy. Um, that happened two days in a row from guys in contention. Also, we talked about, um, on the show last week that kind of depending on where you look, the over under for winning score was like nine and a half, ten and a half. Uh, pretty incredible how good the sports books can peg that with minus nine being the winning score. Um, and minus seven being second place. So if you manage to find the line that we talked about on the show and get the over on total strokes, uh, that did pay out, but uh, it was a little bit of a sweat uh, with Brooks playing so well there on the weekend. Uh, but yeah, nine under your winning score. Obviously the, uh, the course did play pretty difficult. Uh, you had the, uh, you know, the, the, the cut line come in at a pretty high number uh, compared to obviously to what we see in most of the full field events, five over, uh, for a cut line, we had several guys who made the cut finish double digits over par. Uh, so it was certainly a challenging test for the golfers last week. Any other takeaways from the tournament for you? Uh, Victor Hovland, top five in each of the last three majors. So impressive. Uh, Scotty Scheffler, T2, and he didn't make one putt over 15 feet all week. Uh, led the field T to green once again. The dude is just an animal, uh, an absolute machine, T to green. So uh, we'll talk about him in a little bit. And then, I mean, yeah, we saw some cool Sunday rounds from Kitayama, from Cam Davis. Both then made a push. You know, Rory didn't have his best stuff, and uh, he finished in the top 10. He seems always backdoor top 10 at these majors uh, after, you know, getting off the slow starts. But, uh, yeah, I thought it was a fun week. I, I heard a lot of uh, chatter about the course not being great just because it was similar holes over and over again. And, you know, there wasn't a lot of nuance around the green. You just kind of had to hack it out if you did miss the fairway or the green. But I thought it was a good course, produced a good leaderboard, and uh, it certainly looked good on TV. Yeah, I get that. I mean, I think naturally when a course plays, like, really difficult, that seems like that's the case. Like, it's, you know, it, it's not like you have a 112-yard par 3 or something or a 310-yard par 4. Um, that's going to play, you know, easy or, or, or it's just, if you got a lot of 400 plus yard par fours and 600 yard par fives, you got to hit good golf shots. And if you're in the rough, you know, it's going to be a true penalty. So uh, boring, I guess, is a way to look at it. If you are a fan of the typical shootouts that we see these days, uh, just because there's not a lot of, you know, birdies to be had around the course, but I don't know. I guess it depends on your perspective and what kind of tournament you like. One thing I don't like is how thick the rough is just right off the fairway. You're better off missing 30 yards left or right um, than you are missing, you know, six inches um, yeah. off the fairway. And that's just, to me, that doesn't, uh, I don't know. Bryson was purposely missing into the crowd on the right side of the hole time and time again. Uh, same thing you did at Wingfoot. And it worked uh, for the most part. But uh, yeah, I don't love that. Maybe some graduated rough or something like that would help well in any case that event is done and we turn our attention to the charles schwab challenge so an invitational type format this week which means we have no monday qualifiers we have no um you know full field it's 120 golfers so it's not like a no cut event but a little bit of a smaller field than what you will see in a lot of the uh, tournaments 
uh, that feature either 144 or 156 golfers. Uh, but we do have a pretty strong field this week, the week after a major and a course that has been utilized on the PGA Tour for a long time. Uh, so why don't you tell the people about the tournament setup this week? Yeah, much like uh, Harbortown, much like uh, the Sony Open and uh, a few other courses on tour. Uh, this is one of the ones that the shorter hitters can attack. Uh, driving accuracy definitely means more than driving distance. Uh, very narrow off the fairway, 27 to 28 yards uh, wide on average, and then pretty small greens as well, similar to what we saw last week. Par 70, and both the par fives are really tough. They're some of the toughest par fives on the PGA Tour. Typically, it's about the 10th toughest uh, course on the PGA Tour, so should be a tough test, and more often than not, um, you know, scrambling and, and putting come into play. You know, we've seen Kevin Na, Kevin Kisner, Jordan Spieth um, all win here in the past. Um, the interesting thing, the last few seasons, at least since the COVID year, it does seem like golfers are getting a little more aggressive off the tee, trying to cut some corners. Um, we saw Daniel Berger win the COVID year, and then Sam Burns won last year. And I think Kokrak won in 2021. And uh, they, they're not necessarily the, the best course fits. Maybe Berger, but, you know, Kokrak and Burns kind of more of the longer hitters. Um, both of them very good putters. So, yeah, I'm not really looking for any specific skill set this week. Kind of just, uh, you know, bogey avoidance. I think a short game is going to come into play. And then, as always, when, you know, driver doesn't matter all that much, you got to look at approach. Yeah, absolutely. Your prototypical ball strikers course here and no shortage of course history. Uh, this course has been used forever, I think since the 1940s, uh, without a whole lot of changes. So pretty rare that you get a course in this day and age that lasts that long and you know doesn't need some type of big renovation to, to stay relevant uh, in the current golf game. And before I forget, shout out to Team RG. So Han Dizzle, who filled in last week, won the snake draft last week. So it was his first time joining us on the show well we've done the snake drafts and he picks up a w and uh, producer devin finished second and i finished third so Ooh. it was a team rg sweep of the money positions for the snake draft last week uh and that's like three out of four that i've cashed in which is you know after about 16 dry weeks in a row is pretty remarkable so uh look out so we'll see if we can fill one um it might you know we'll see if we can do a six or a 12 depending on how much interest we have here at the end of the show uh, but uh, we can go ahead and get into it. And uh, I mentioned a stronger field than uh, what we're kind of used to seeing the week after a major. We've got Scheffler in the field again this week. He's been playing a lot lately. Finau coming off a disappointing week. Hovland, a near miss. Morikawa and Homa, your golfers above 10K this week. Uh, anybody you uh, think particularly stands out with your early look there? Well, if you don't like Scheffler, you need to, you know, fix your model or fix your process. Um, the guy, T12 or better in every event this season, does everything well. 14 in a row, I think. 14 in a row, pretty impressive. Um, the only thing he doesn't do that well is putting. But, uh, I mean, at an event where the winning score is going to be, you know, 10 to 13 under par or something like that, uh, you got to like his chances. Um, the best T degree in the field, so... At 11.5, he seems like the easy choice for cash games, single entry. I'll probably be overweight on MME as well. And then the guy, well, we'll talk. Well, I guess we'll say speed for the 9Ks. Um, he's going to be my second favorite, but uh, I never get Colin Morikawa right. I kind of want to play Colin Morikawa this Ooh, week. I'm in um, on him this week. I like okay. it. I like the fit. Okay, Encouraging maybe, Sunday round as well. Yeah. Maybe we both need to be on him the same week. Maybe that's been our <laughs> All problem. Right, we'll try it. 
So very accurate off the tee, one of the best total drivers. We know the iron plays good. And he's not as bad around the green as people give him credit for. So I think it's a perfect course fit for him. Certainly no issue with Finau. He kind of fell apart on the weekend last week. Homa's stats haven't looked that great the last few starts um, outside of Qual Hollow, which is a course that he loves. And then Hovland, no issue with him. Just, I mean, being in contention at a major, all the stress that comes with it, um, I think I'm fine being underweight on Hovland. Yeah, I think it's uh, Scheffler, Finau, and Morikawa for me in this range. Um, obviously, Scheffler and Finau are going to project the best. I'll, I'll be interested to see where ownership comes in uh, once we get that posted and if the kind of underwhelming major week for Finau uh, lowers his ownership a little bit. Uh, I'll, I'll be even higher there. So, uh, and yeah, Morikawa on a ball strikers course had a good Sunday round should come in with some confidence. Uh, he would be uh, my other pick in that range as well. So uh, those are the guys I like above 10 K as we head into the nine K range. Uh, I'll save Spieth for you. Obviously he had injury concerns coming into last week. Wasn't very highly owned at all. Uh, ended up with a respectable, though not spectacular, T29 finish. Uh, did shoot one under on Sunday. Uh, Sam Burns was, uh, I guess, the biggest disappointment last week um, of kind of the uh, the higher-end plays. He was the last golfer into my player pool last week, and he went plus 14. That was a poor choice by me. Should have chosen <laughs> literally anybody else. Uh, but... Uh, yeah, so Burns coming off a really poor week. Uh, he doesn't grade out very well at all in projections this week. Probably won't be popular. Uh, but we've got Sung Jay, Justin Rose, Tommy Fleetwood, Chris Kirk, uh, Siwoo Kim rounding out your 9K range. Uh, obviously, you like Spieth. Uh, go ahead and talk about him and the others that you like in here. Yeah, so injury concerns with Spieth. I'm not worried about it just because the, we have it's a week after a major number one um, and he's teeing it up this week. So if he aggravated it, he wouldn't be playing. Then we have a designated event next week. I believe it's Memorial. So uh, you got to think he's going to be playing in that. So he's got to be feeling pretty good to be playing in between, you know, a major and a designated event. Um, he's won this event before he's finished T10 or better each of the last four years. And again, I love the the short game scramblers this week and, you do it better than Spieth. And if you look at his numbers from last week, he was T29, but he gained uh, eight point, yeah, 8.4 strokes ball striking. So just had a bad week uh, with the short game. So we typically expect that to improve. Sung Jay's fine, does everything well. Um, he's going to be very popular. Uh, even though he was popular last week and missed the cut, I think everybody's going to go back to him. I like Justin Rose quite a bit. I like Tommy Fleawood, just continues to grind out top 20 finishes. And that's pretty much it for me. Chris Kirk rates out decently well, but he does feel overpriced compared to the names around him. Yeah. And I, I mean, he'll, he'll project well because it's a shorter course and that, you know, fits with his playing style. But at that salary, I think I'm out as well. Uh, I think M and uh, uh, Fleetwood would be my favorites in here. Um, I, I don't have a strong take on speed this week. I'm not going to be super anti speed. He's played well here in the past. Uh, obviously tends to play well in this part of the country. So I'm okay with it. Uh, if he's massive chalk though, as usual, I'll probably be underweight on Spieth. Anything else above 9K? I don't think so. Siwoo's struggled here in the past. Um, we have seen Burns win uh, events back-to-back -back years. So if he's going to be low-owned, I'll probably be overweight on him just because uh, he's very volatile, but he does have winning equity and 
Uh, if you can get that at low ownership, I think that's at least a little interesting. Yeah, I definitely think he'll be low on this week after what happened a week ago. So if you like that in GPPs, go for it. All right, as we head into the 8K range here, uh, we've got Ricky Fowler at 8,900 coming off uh, being the most popular option in the field last week and missing the cut on the number, though. Uh, not like it was a, a horrible miss. Uh, Russell Henley, Denny McCarthy, Cameron Davis, uh, Tom Hoagie, Minwoo Lee, another guy who uh, played well last week. I think that both, uh, let's see, Minwoo Lee was T18 and uh, Ryan Fox was T23. Both of them have a chance to earn special temporary membership with some good finishes here this week. So uh, nice to see Minwoo Lee play well. Not necessarily the best course fit for him this week. Um, we've got Harmon. We've got DFS uh, boy Jaeger in the 8K range. Uh, what are you looking at in here? Man, Jaeger looked like he was going to contend for a little bit last week. And I uh, can't believe he finished T50. I didn't even notice that until just now. Um, so he must have had a, a really bad weekend. Harmon actually grades out pretty well for me, even though his stats haven't been very good this season. He struggled on approach and he struggled around the green. So um, the fact that he still rates out pretty well um, just shows – I'm not sure what it shows, but uh, the model likes him this week. But Denny McCarthy's been playing really well. Uh, he's been a top 30 machine for his last five starts. Kind of like the course fit for him. One of the best putters in the field. Cam Davis is going to be popular, at least uh, if people's betting cards, you know, are any indication of ownership in DFS. Because I've seen a lot of people uh, betting him so far this week and uh, coming off the low round on Sunday. People like that. Top 10 here last year. I'm not sure what to do with Ricky. You know, I talked about it last week saying Ricky needs to follow the Jason Day and Justin Rose, you know, path of playing in these non-designated events. And now he's here. Price isn't that bad. He's really struggled here in the past, but uh, yeah, I don't know. Do you have a strong take on Ricky? I don't. Um, he tends to generally be overowned. So, you know, again, depending on how that comes out, I, I think I prefer Davis in a vacuum. If ownership is around, is, you know, the same, um, I do like Jaeger, you know, Jaeger, you mentioned a bad weekend. It was just a bad Sunday. He was still T10 heading into the final round. Oh, wow. Um, and he was like still 15th, I think heading into the back nine and he made five bogeys on the back, uh, which dropped him all the way to 50th. So, uh, I won't fault him for a bad nine holes. He's had a really good year. Um, I think, uh, I'm fine with Jaeger keeping it, keeping it rolling this week. So. I like him at the bottom part of this range. Yeah, I'd be interested to see where ownership comes in on Ricky because it's not like there's a lot of guys in here that are playing, you know, extremely good golf right now in this range, right? It's a lot of guys like Hoagie's been hit or miss, Minmuli's been hit or miss, Harmon's been hit or miss. Uh, just a, I don't know, it's a pretty weak range. I think you're going to see a lot of people just going down in the sevens and going more stars and scrubs this week. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah, I think so. Um, and the 9K range is pretty strong. And then, obviously, the the Stars and Scrubs build is going to be viable. So, yeah, this whole range might be uh, under-owned, which typically in uh, stacked field is, like, the most popular range. But nobody that really jumps out to me. Yeah. And, I mean, you could take a shot on guys with some upside. We've seen, you know, Hoagie show some upside at times. Taylor Moore, uh, he's another guy that could be pretty interesting, I think, for tournaments at 8K. Kitayama at 7,900. You know, he's been a guy that's really been a revelation over the last – uh, six months or so with uh, he, he tends to when he misses it's bad but when he hits I mean he's pepper in top 15 so uh, I don't mind kind of those guys right around that 8k mark uh, if you're interested 
All right, let's talk the higher end of the 7Ks. Um, got some shorter hitters in here. You got Brendan Todd, uh, who uh, obviously struggled with the course last week. Uh, was uh, a course that you know, required didn't require you, but really benefited to be at least somewhat long off the tee, which is not Brendan Todd. Uh, we have the opposite of that this week. Looks like he grades out fairly well in your model. Um, I mentioned Ryan Fox potentially get special temporary membership. He's grading out well in the early projections at 7,500, though he is a bigger hitter. What are you looking at in this 75 to $7,900 range? Yeah, and of course, where you don't need distance, Brendan Todd makes a lot of sense. He hits a ton of fairways. Uh, he's very good around the green, one of the better putters, and quietly he's gaining strokes on approach, four of his last six and six of his last ten. So um, for a guy that was has been very bad, you know, uh, with his irons over the last couple of years. He's kind of heating up in that category. A couple top tens here the last two years. So I do like Brendan Todd. I also like Christian Bezudenhout. If you look at his stats, he's gained 4.4, 4.3, 4.2, 5.1, 3.5, all, all on approach. So he's gained like 20 strokes on approach in his last uh, five events. That's pretty good. Uh, good putter, good short game. So I kind of like those uh, those two in that range and don't have a strong take on anybody else. Yeah, I like the call on both of those guys. I am okay with playing them in GPPs. Um, I'm certain, I always play some Ryan Fox and he worked out as a nice value last week. Uh, we talked about him on the show. You know, obviously he had one event where he was dealing with what pneumonia I think somebody brought up on the um, broadcast last week that he had been battling pneumonia. So uh, that was the reason for maybe a poor start and a withdrawal um, in the past month or so. So I don't mind Ryan Fox at 7,500. Uh, but you mentioned the stats lining up pretty well. Kind of like those calls also. All right. Uh, let's head into the bottom part of the 7K range. Uh, I'll just give you first crack here. What stands out to you? Yeah, I'm old enough to remember when Andrew Putnam was priced in the 9Ks uh, at an event like this. I think it was the Pebble Beach event. Now he's 7,100. Um, I always like him on the shorter courses. He's played well here in the past. The form hasn't been as good as, you know, obviously when he was 9K or whatever. But uh, 7,100, really good price point. Uh, Eric Cole's been playing some really good golf. Another good finish for him last week. T15 uh, at the PJ Championship. T23 the week before that. Rates out 12th overall in my stat model. Um, he hasn't played here before, but, uh, man, he's been playing some really good golf, so I'll continue to play Eric Cole. A couple guys that rate out well, uh, Thomas Dietrich, Hayden Buckley. And, I mean, Justin Sub played pretty good last week too, so I kind of like uh, those guys in the slow sevens. Uh, a few of these guys uh, recognized a few names that were playing in one of the final U.S. Open qualifiers um here today but uh let's see yeah ryan palmer was one that just missed out um looks like sergio garcia might get in to the u.s open uh through his qualifier austin eckrote carson young played real well um he's almost done but he's got a six shot lead so that's a eight spot qualifier and carson young is minus 16 the next closest guy right now is minus 10 um Ooh. and eight is guys Eight guys what? get in. How much is Young this week? Is he in the field? 6,300. Well, as of right now, through two rounds at a U.S. Open qualifier, actually through one round plus 16 holes, uh, he's minus 16, and nobody else is better than minus 10. 
and you had Austin Eckroat, Sergio Garcia, Hank Lebiota, Roger Sloan, Ryan Palmer, Graham McDowell, S.H. Kim, Michael Kim, Brandon Wu. I mean, there's no slouches in this field. Well, there are some slouches, but it's it's not like overwhelm the competition. So, and there was 120 golfers in the field. So, for what it's worth, yeah, uh, hot golf. Carson Young rolling through the U.S. Open qualifier. Um, also, three top 20s in his last four starts. There's your punt of the week. Go for it right now with uh, with Carson Young. I just kind of dumbed my way into that, and I recognized it because I had seen somebody tweet out the leaderboard earlier and Ryan Palmer was up there and I saw Ryan Palmer's name and I was like, Hey, I think he was, uh, um, you know, one of the guys that, uh, that was in this U S open qualifier. So anyway, uh, for what that's worth, if that interests you, there you go. All right. Um, let's see if we go down into the bottom part of the seven K range, uh, you mentioned Eric Cole. I think he's still way too cheap. So Cole at 7,200 uh, is definitely my pick in here. I know you've had some love for Sam Stevens over the last couple weeks. Uh, anything else above 7K that you didn't just mention there as I was staring at the U.S. Open qualifier leaderboard? I think we're good. Uh, we do have some interesting options in the 6Ks, though. All right, let's go for it. Take your first crack down there. Uh, you mentioned Michael Kim. I'm not sure how he's playing at the open qualifier, but he's been he playing just missed. Golf. I mean, he didn't okay. play that bad. So. He's been playing some good golf, uh, coming off the miscut. I mean, he could be 7,500 and rate out still pretty well in my model. So I like him. Uh, Mark Hubbard made the cut last week. I think he finished dead last of everyone that made the cut, but uh, he's a guy that, you know, pretty good course fit three for three here in his career. Ben Martin's been playing well. Uh, Robbie Shelton can pop with the stats. Um, the results never seem to show up for Shelton, but uh, a guy that definitely makes some sense in tournaments. Uh, Callum Taron was in the mix for a while last week at the PGA Championship. And then uh, Carson's young, Carson Young, yeah, I think he makes a lot of sense, although I could see him becoming the, the pun du jour uh, of the week. Yes, Mark Hubbard made the cut. He scored a half of a DFS point on Saturday. Uh, he did make one birdie on Sunday uh, after not making any on Saturday. So uh, he maybe scored you about four points over the weekend, but uh, he'll try again. Speak. That's the worst. You, you get six of six and then you get a guy like that. <laughs> Where it's just completely, um, you know, if you didn't get sent, the finishing position definitely mattered a little bit more last week. All right. Uh, let's see if I go down into the punt range. Uh, Akshay Batia, I think is a guy that's interesting. Uh, seems a little cheap for a guy that's, you know, I think he's got a fourth and a 42nd or something like that. His last couple starts, I don't have his log up right now, but uh, he's a guy that I have some interest in. Uh, Ekro played well, and he's going to probably get through that U.S. Open qualifier. I mean, I don't mind guys. Uh, that U.S. Open qualifier was in Dallas, so it's not like there's a bunch of travel. Um, so some of those guys I think are, are interesting to take a shot on. Jimmy Walker's been playing some decent golf, and Carson Young, who we just mentioned, uh, I think is a really interesting option as well for a potential punt. Obviously a shorter field this week uh, with only the 120 golfers uh, in the mix. And uh, so not quite as many names for us to discuss here on the show, but uh, anything else that uh, you, anybody you think we might've missed before we try to roll into a, a snake draft here at the end of the show. Yeah. Mr. Gerb, we, we got to talk about Michael block. What are you doing? You playing him? Come on. No. A uh, great story, but no. 
Oh, I'm the same. I can't play him, but uh, yeah, that'd be awesome if he. I mean, if he ends up role. like making the cut in all of these, then it kind of reduces the allure of what he did at the U.S. Open, right? Everybody loved it because it was this completely unexpected, you know, um, just amazing performance from a guy that nobody expected it from. So I don't know. Maybe I'm just being a curmudgeon. <laughs> True. Which um, is possible. And he's, possible. And he's 6,900, I think. So yeah, not, he's like 650 to one to win. I wish they would have priced him a min salary, give him some ownership, and then we could have faded him. But uh, uh, I think oh. he's going to get some ownership. I you think, think so. He, I mean, some I being like four or five percent. Okay. You know, I don't think that he's going to be owned in like the two thousand dollar contest or whatever. <laughs> by, but you know, the ten dollar, five dollar contest or something like that. Like, I don't know. People, people know the story from last week. I think people are going to play him. Okay, I like it. I'll so, root for him, but I'm not playing him. <laughs> All right. Well, with that, we're going to go ahead and try to roll in our end of show snake draft that we usually do. Uh, if you are just watching us on the uh, podcast feed or watching us on replay, uh, of course, if you're watching us on YouTube, we appreciate it if you hit that thumbs up button before you exit. Uh, and uh, as always, thanks for watching. Thanks for listening. 